independent thought, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Stop party, people. You ready to get woke? We're going to do some wokeness this hour. Mike Lyon's going to join us. He's just watching him on CNN. And talk about what's going on in Bakhmut. And uh, man, that's crazy trench war. If you've not seen what's happening in Ukraine, it is World War One stuff. It is trench warfare like you cannot believe, thrown in with some modern technology. And, and I also want to pick his brain about what's going on in Iran because it feels like they're getting a little closer to a bomb. And that's a shocker, right? Like because of the thing that they were supposed to follow that they never did. And for all of you out there, well, Trump got us out of that thing. Uh, go look at what a lot of people on the 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 media side of stuff that wasn't sold out for Obama just signing something across the board said. This was a stupid thing to sign. Iran was never going to follow it. And even Chuck Schumer's like, no, nope, no, no, this is wrong. How do we give them 30 days uh, a lead time to come in and do inspections? Come on. Ridiculous, but well, a lot of stuff to get to. Lori Lightfoot last night. You guys don't know who she is. She is now the former mayor, soon to be, of uh, of uh, Chicago. She was asked to leave by the voters. Lori Lightfoot made history in 2019 as Chicago's first black woman and openly gay person to lead the city. None of that said, very competent individual. But on Tuesday, she came up short for re-election. Regardless of tonight's outcome... We fought the right fights, and we put this city on a better path. Lightfoot needed to win 50% of the vote to win outright or finish in the top two in a field of nine candidates to head to a runoff election in April. Neither happened as she came in third. Now candidates Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson will face each other in the runoff. Yeah, Vallis, I think, is the former CEO of the school's uber-progressive uh but uh, uh, was definitely strong on a thing called crime. And I have news for you. All of you uber-liberal cities across the country, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, that have allowed many things, New York now in particular as well, that have allowed this, this wacky world of woke policing to come in, where you fight with the police, that uh, everybody is who is in trouble with the law is really being persecuted based on race and blah, blah. All of you pay attention. They got rid of her because crime is through the roof in Chicago. And it didn't work. And this is where you've got your feelings. And your feelings are, yeah, we're uber progressive. We're all of the things. Right. We're all of the things that we're supposed to be. We virtue signal. We're uber progressive. And then all of a sudden facts land on you. Crime is in your area. Crime is expanding in your area. Crime is getting worse in your area. You've maybe a victim of crime. You're starting to ask serious questions about why are there so many homeless people? Why a crime just absolutely blowing up here why are we at 25 year highs in murders and assaults and that's only the stuff that's being reported but i thought being nice was no 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 eventually crime doesn't pay the way that politicians think because we live in a world where god willing you wake up one day and go, wow, the facts are this is not working. And last night she got told, you need to go. 
You're more you're more concerned with the criminal and being woke in progressive politics than getting a job done. Look, both of the guys running are Democrats. One of them ran hard on crime. The other one ran hardish on crime. But one of them wants to tax corporations and the rich and have uber progressive, uh, you know, safety nets for everybody. The other one, I think, wants to be a little bit lower, a little bit more like Mayor Adams in New York. But Lori Lightfoot wanted to be a celebrity as much as she wanted to be something else. And it wasn't just the crime of, of what we see as the, the everyday criminal who's running around and violent crime and assaulting and stealing and drug use. There were other things that became an issue as well, and she played a part into it, and that included migrants. If you don't want these folks to stay in Texas, then make sure that you collaborate with the cities that before you put them on the buses so that we can be here um, and make sure that our services are welcoming. That didn't help her. It didn't. It didn't. Because like everything else, once it lands at your doorstep, it's, it's, it's all fun and games. And then when reality smacks you in the face, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's what took place. This wasn't because she was black. It wasn't because she was a woman and wasn't because she was gay. It was because she wasn't good at her job. And I've already seen people coming out today saying, well, you know, it's because she was gay. Or it was none of those things. She was more concerned about TikToking and being a celebrity and, and, and saying the things that makes you feel good, but not actually doing the things that you need to do. And she paid the price for it. She did. She's out. Even though people go, well, it's because she was black. No. Because she was a woman? No. It was because she was, oh, it's because she was gay. No, none of those things. None of those things. It's because she wasn't good at her job. You being a woman, you being black, you being gay, you being a gay black man, you being a black man. You know what? None of those things matter in real life if you're not good at your job. And they shouldn't matter. If you're good at your job... It shouldn't matter what color you are, what race you are. what, what it, it just shouldn't matter. The excuses will be made, but she needs to look in the mirror because the reason she's gone is because she decided to play a game with people's lives and that city allowed it to go into a just an awful place because it felt good. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. Oh, my Lord. It looks like the student loan thing is dead on arrival. Thank goodness. Uh, you can tell by the questioning. So yesterday, you know, you had all those people out there, all the activists who apparently don't have jobs uh, and are still in college and aren't eligible for this. Uh, that were out there, you know, hoping and praying that they're getting rid of debt uh, that they're not eligible for yet, but they must think that somewhere in the future they're going to be eligible. But you can tell by the questioning in uh, the in SCOTUS's questioning in a lot of ways where this is going. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts. We're talking about half a trillion dollars uh, and 43 million Americans. How does that fit under the normal understanding of modifying? A lot of what he pushed out there yesterday as far as questioning, as well as several other justices, including some on the left, which was if 
if this is what presidents are going to do and we're going to be okay with it, then why do we need a Congress? If they're going to unilaterally decide that they can wipe away debt, then why do we need a Congress? If they're going to do whatever they want to do via the, the pen, then and everybody's going to be okay with it, then there doesn't need to be three branches of government. And Congress, this is partially your fault, because for the last several years, you've ceded power to the media and to courts. Because you don't want to be in a position where you have to make actual decisions in the world of giving and taking and actually getting something done. So I would think there's a good chance this is 7 to 2, 8 1. I'd love to see 9 0. And then they're going to have to back this thing out because 16 million people have already been approved. And I don't know what that looks like. But I heard people yesterday saying, well, it's not fair because they were already approved and they've not been used to paying for this stuff over the last, you know, three years. No, no, no. It, 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 you took out a loan and you had three years to put yourself in a position that if and when this thing, this, the, the pausing of it was never supposed to be forever. And now you are going to have to pay it back and you're frustrated and angry. And it sucks because inflation's through the roof and this probably isn't a helper. All of that aside, the right thing is to blow this thing out of the water. Because if we're going to decide today that politicians, in particular presidents, through, through the pen itself and the whims of whatever they feel that day can eliminate certain things, then we don't exist as a country the way it should be. Our democracy is gone, and we've got somebody now who's like the Wizard of Oz just granting wishes. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. A little wokeness coming up. Mike Lyons joined us at the bottom of the hour. Just saw him on CNN. Threw out a Sun Tzu quote. We'll see if he Sun Tzu's us. We're like, yeah, we already heard that Sun Tzu quote uh, about what's going on in Bakhmut and uh, in Iran as well. Because I don't think Iran's getting enough of of, uh, talk and play. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, apparently they're anywhere between 12 and 18 days of a breakout to make a nuclear, you know, device. What does that do to the Middle East? We'll talk about that as well. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Oh, kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens right now. And you're asking yourself, why? What is it? It's for your dog. You want your dog to be healthy? I do, Chad. I do. You want your dog to be happy? I do. I do. Maybe your dog's a little older. A little bit older. Maybe uh, sore hips and stuff as they get old. Yeah, yeah, not enough energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try Rough Greens. I've done it for my older dog. Absolutely fantastic. Sprinkle the food with the sprinkle on top of the food this this incredible supplement, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, all this incredible stuff. You watch what happens. My dog's life has changed tremendously, and I know yours were will as well. Now it's free, except for the cost of shipping. You cover the cost of shipping. They're going to send you a bag for free. You try it. And decide if you like it. RUFFGreens.com slash Chad. Get a free bag now. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Hello.
Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. In person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is the Chad Benson Show. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. And the concerns that they're in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability was designed for. That's Christopher Ray, FBI director. And remember, it's funny, the left, if you're, if you're, the FBI is great if they're trying to destroy Trump, according to you, and they have every right to do that. But if they come out in support of something that Trump said, hey, this is kind of China's fault, uh, they should be held accountable. Everybody's like, well, that makes you racist. And I go back to because uh, Jonathan, uh, John Stewart came out yesterday. Uh, the, the, the comedian, the uh, I, what does he do? He's got a podcast. He's a writer, does a lot of other things. He was uh, taken back by what took place when he kind of came out on Colbert and said, yeah, the most obvious thing is this thing came out of a uh, a leak in a lab, not the wet market. And he got blasted for it. It's very interesting. Yesterday, as he as he did his his podcast with his co-host about you know kind of the the way that the whole thing broke down and what he got accused of. It's it's not about certainty or the the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. My my bigger problem with with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed kind of how I felt. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. Yeah. Because you went against the doctrine. You went against the doctrine. You said something that made people question themselves. Like, could I be wrong? No, I can't be wrong. So, therefore, you're the worst person. It's all your fault. And now you're part of Trump's gang. You're part of the alt-right. You're part of the MAGA movement. You're xenophobic. How you became racist. And, and I mean, it's it's nuts. So uh, one of the people on the show uh, brought something up that needs to be brought up a little bit more and more as we talk about the fact that open-mindedness needs to be everywhere, right? Especially in politics. Well, I think the yeah. thing that's so that we discovered after that happened was, mm-hmm. you know, that natural transmission means you're a democrat mm-hmm, and right. lab leak Wet means market. you're a republican isn't that insane you wore a mask you were a democrat you got a vaccine two three four you were a democrat you were part of the it came from the wet market you were a democrat 
If you thought we should ask some serious questions about the vaccine, absolutely Republican. If you say, hey, maybe just maybe the place that they're playing around with this thing uh, in Wuhan, maybe it came out of there. Nope, nope. You're a, you're a xenophobe. You're a, you're an Asian hater. You're all of the things. You're probably a Republican. That was insane, wasn't it? The virtue signaling the insanity, not being able to have a conversation. But I look over at the left and I said, whose fault's that? It wasn't the right's fault. It wasn't. It wasn't the right that was telling you you can't ask the question about whether or not this came out of a lab. I have always said it occurred in nature. It got screwed with in a lab and came out of there. Oh, maybe that's true. But you can't have a conversation. You can't. You can't have open-mindedness. We have lost the ability to reason with one another, to have conversations with one another. And we need to stop that. I don't know if we can, though. I don't know if, we, if we've jumped the shark, if we've moved past that no-go zone where there's no way we can turn back. We only have enough fuel to go forward. And that's scary. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Mike Lyons, our military analyst, joins the program. Let's see if we're cool. He was just on with CNN. I bet you we're cooler than they were. We'll ask him some fun questions. Iran, China, Ukraine, a lot of stuff coming up. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The war is a year older in Ukraine. It's ugly, it's bloody, it's nasty. Joining us now, retired major in the Army and our military analyst, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, it's been over a year now, and it just, it feels like it's getting bloodier. It feels like we're, last year was World War II, and now we feel like we're fighting World War I as you see the trenches that these, and foxholes that these guys are fighting in. Yeah, that's a great analogy, Chad. I think especially what's going on in Bakhmut this morning with, um, you know, 4,500 civilians inside of town. Russia is bringing Wagner troops in there as an urban fight. Ukraine is trying to hold on. The, the people on the ground are saying that the government is painting a rosy picture of how they're trying to hold on. And the, and the government is saying they could barely hold on. So it is. It's World War One. And um you know, it, it, you look at both sides and this analogy of Sun Tzu of evade when the enemy's strong, I, I think really has to take place right now. Ukraine's got to think about saving its young men and women who are on the front lines, move them off as Russia has more capability. They have more there at this point and figure out another place for them to be deployed where they can um, do do better good at this point. But uh, but it, it, it is it's World War One and it's it's uh, it's re- you know back to the future. Uh, you know, Trump got a lot of crap for calling out NATO and Wall Street Journal and The New York Times have both in the last couple days uh, had articles that, hey, guys, uh, NATO I- is a mess. And maybe Trump was right The the leopards, they can't even get them the leopard tanks that they need. Not actually. They might be better just sending real leopards uh, at this point because they they're old. They don't work. 
uh, they don't have the parts for it. They don't even have trainers for some of them to teach the Ukrainians. And it's another situation where we're looking around going, man, there's a lot of promises and no delivery. Yeah, the, the, this has exposed the underbelly of European security, especially for tanks, infantry fighting vehicles, things on the ground uh, in Germany and France. Um, you know, England can send some of their Challenger tanks there. But but I could have told you before the German army was fundamentally deadlined out of the motor pool before this whole thing even started. They just have not invested anything in the past 20 years in their defenses as they claim they were so more focused on uh, reconstruction and um, you know absorbing Eastern Germany at the time. Well, those days are over. They just haven't they haven't done it because they've lived under the blanket of U.S. nuclear assurances that would take place if anything could happen. Um, but it's exposed it, and whether it, it fixes itself remains to be seen. I'm still a big fan of NATO. I think it has to happen. I think for what what's what took place, um, the fact that these Eastern European countries have come in, and I hate to use this word, but stepped up. And they've done things in Poland, Romania, uh, and even Lithuania, and the places that really want to ensure their own security. I think Finland and Sweden need to come in both at the same time. And frankly, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but once this war is over and maybe five or 10 years down the road, uh, Ukraine does become a member of NATO. I, th- I think the days of everybody not being, you know, Russia in NATO are over. I think that given what Russia did at this point, there's got to be some security assurance for, for Ukraine, what they've done for us, destroying the Russian military in place, and that's eventual accession into NATO. Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about a year into the Ukrainian war. You know, interesting, last week, Medvedev, uh, the former president, came out and, you know, you get all these these wackadoos out there who who think, uh, you know, Ukraine's nothing but Nazis and he's doing the right thing and he's fighting against the West depravity and he only wants to to fix Ukraine, Putin. He would never do anything else. But then Medvedev comes out, who's very hawkish and has become a good friend again with uh, Putin, uh, says, yeah, well, if once we defeat Ukraine, we're going to have to figure out how we uh, 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 take some land from Poland and fix this. And you're thinking to yourself, they're already talking about another country. Is nobody paying attention? Yeah, but but their strategic objectives are just nowhere in line with their, you know, means and ways to accomplish them. And, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me that yesterday. It's like, you know, this is going to end when Russia has failed in its strategic objectives. And it's like, no, they've already done that. They've already failed in their strategic objectives. Uh, it's going to end when army gets defeated on the battlefield, one, one way or the other. That's really what, that's how wars end. They don't end when, you know, guys in think tanks decide that they're going to end based on some kind of strategic mumbo jumbo. Um, so th- th- that's all talk. The, the Russia does not have the capability right now. They they should have, frankly, vanquished Ukraine in the first week of this, given the amount of troops and men and equipment they put at this in the very beginning. They didn't. Uh, and now they're in the situation they're in a year later trying to you know kind of figure out which, which way is up and how they're going to get out of this. There's no, again, go back to Sun Tzu. There's no golden bridge. You're supposed to allow your adversary this kind of way to back out gracefully, kind of that whole Middle Eastern thing. There's none, 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 none taking place here. Uh, and I still don't see yet the, the, the Zelensky and, and Ukraine sitting down on the other side and agreeing to give land to Russia, that's kind of the Middle East, trading land for peace. I don't see them giving some of that land that Russia still holds right now. Uh, so that's why I think the war is going to go on for a long time. Speaking of the Middle East, uh, Iran, uh, by all accounts, is close to being able to break out and get a nuclear uh, device within, what, up to two weeks, maybe 12 days, 18 days, depending mm-hmm. on what you're reading. Describe yeah. to everybody out there, mm-hmm. what's that look like if they were to have nuclear capability? How 
uncomfortable and how does it change the balance out there? Yeah, so they're at 86% enriching Ukrainian and believe it or not, our administration is not convinced they're going to go to 90%. They started this whole process five years ago at 15%. So what does that tell you? It's just a matter of four more to get to that nuclear weapon. They have both capability to uh, have a nuke and to deliver a nuke, which is the other side to this equation. So what does that look like? And and, and I think that honest countries want nuclear weapons as a keep as a way to keep them from being attacked, right? Like look at Pakistan or India and some of those countries because they could respond that way. So it does act as a deterrence there, the countries that have the nuclear weapons. North Korea. North Korea has never given up its nuclear weapons because it's going to keep uh, keep sides from attacking them. Iran's different, though. Iran sees wants to see the destruction of Israel. And I think that they have the capability to go on the offense. They don't they're not looking at history and they don't care about, you know, the first nation to fire a nuclear weapon to begin a war offense. They they would have the capacity and the inclination to do it. So what does it look like? It looks like actually F-16s on an Israeli air base somewhere in Tel Aviv. The second they know that they have that capability uh, they're off and that 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 starts. Israel's not going to let Iran threaten them at any level, especially from a strategic weapon, from a nuclear weapon. Uh, and uh, you know, so that, that'll start another conflict in the Middle East. I'm talking to Mike Lyons, our military analyst. Uh, we have got a clear, I think, now line in in the sand of us versus them. And we're asking the world, which side are you on? You now have China, Russia and Iran all as you know the access of true evil in many in many cases and China is getting ready they've got one of their you know Russia's uh, got one of their foreign uh, emissaries over there today it's just you sit back and you look and see what's happening China's going to get in this thing at some point in time and we don't have the fortitude as consumers and politically to really stand up and and say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done well, we just haven't accepted China. The population hasn't accepted China as this enemy yet. Uh, I think the politicians talk a good game about it. I know the military thinks it's the pacing threat. The pacing threat is the threat that that all the budget numbers go towards. Our, we've got to fight a war. If we had to fight a war with somebody, it's against the Chinese. In the past, maybe it was more Russia. Maybe it was more on the plains. Uh, you know, sure, back in the cold day, Cold War days, that's what it was. But China is the pacing threat. But I, people don't see that. Even with a, a balloon coming over our country, so oh, look at that—it's a nice Chinese balloon. We just. But if the Chinese go ahead and do something like sink a U.S. aircraft carrier or, or attack U.S. forces on a base someplace in the Pacific, then I think that the pendulum will change and it'll change overnight, kind of like 9/11. It'll change overnight about how we feel about this, um, and uh, and and we'll kind of go from there. But let's go back to China within Ukraine, right? Because I still think the Chinese have a lot of control over Russia. They're their client state at this point. And I do think deep down they want Russia kind of destroyed a little bit as well, but they don't want them totally weakened because they don't want revolution to take place because they don't want the Chinese to go to war uh, with Russia. They don't want that to happen uh, as well. But um, so they have somewhat of a control, but I don't, I still don't think they're, they're going to delay, like we're delaying giving Ukraine F-16s. They're going to delay lethal aid for as long as possible until they think uh, Russia is either going to stop or they're going to absolutely have to need it and to avoid some create some kind of embarrassment. What kind of lethal aid? I mean, we've talked a bit about drones. What else could they provide them? Because I think that's a lot of what people are asking, because we know we've got a lot of stuff out there that 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 is being used. We also have some stuff out there, I'm sure, that's being used that we're not telling anybody and they're probably not even using. We're just testing out. Mm -hmm. What could they send over? Because the one thing we know is our stuff seems to work. We were just talking about Europe. Europe stuff doesn't seem to work. There was an article the other day talking about 
How much of like Spain stuff doesn't work? Like, is if there was a war, is like fifty percent of it obsolete? Uh, what about China? What could they provide? Uh, smart stuff. The smart stuff they would provide would be those drones uh, in, that would collect intel, tactical drones to, that could loiter and surface over the battlefield. That's where they need help. At. And but the dumb stuff is artillery rounds. I mean, artillery rounds are dumb. They they just they're poured. TNT inside steel casings with a fuse on them, but they can pump them out, you know, a hundred thousand a month. Right. right now um, we can barely do five to 10,000 a month ourselves here in the United States. Uh, we're increasing our capacity to, I believe 40,000, but that's not going to be for two years. We're opening up another supply chain in, in Texas, but whether or not that makes it on time remains to be seen. The Chinese could supply the Russians a hundred thousand rounds of ammo in a month. They could just basically repurpose them, all their factories to do that um, and then start shipping artillery rounds. And if you thought the artillery war was bad before, it would just rain thunder and lightning down and destroy everything. So that so think of it in two again, two lanes, smart stuff on the drones and the intel and the like and the dumb stuff in the artillery rounds, which would absolutely continue to just wreck the place, wreck Ukraine. They They would rather have the artillery right at this point in time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's in their DNA. It's what they do. They they want to outgun them 10 to 1. Uh, they're just not going to stop. That literally melt their tubes down and, and bring other artillery uh, back to the, you know, back to the forefront. And the difference is Russian artillery is 152 artillery. So it's not like if it's if it's found on the battlefield, the other side can use it. You know, we can't use their ammo. They can't use our ammo. It's got to come from a totally different supply chain. So so the Russians are trying to crank up manufacturing it as well. But if the Chinese decided to help them, they could tip the balance of favor just on that alone, and that would that would be significant capacity on the Russian side. If they did that, do we have to up the ante even more? Do we have to start looking at giving them jets? Because I know we always say we're not going to give them something, and then 20 minutes later we're like, but you guys should probably train for it just in case. Would we have to get into it a little bit more and start handing them some stuff that's a little bit more sophisticated and and yeah. and lethal? Well, that would be a tacums, not the jets yet. I still, again, the jets are a year out, no matter what you t- you know, based on so many different things and how. We, I, I read a good article that said that you have to uh, pilots have to relearn fighting techniques because they they fight under you know Russian doctrine, and we just use those F 16s a lot different. F 16s are really not close air support. They they would be designed to go into Russia to take out drone platforms that are attacking them from Russia. And again, in the war of attrition, attacking the other side's capability to wage war. Is how you win and how that ends up winning. So I don't know. I think attack them. So I think that the long range weapon systems that, that that allowed them to fire inside of Russia does up the ante enough. Uh, but then that then you've crossed a, a real line about how U.S. made weapon systems are attacking Russia and, and who knows what Russia does with that. Then got about thirty seconds here. Mike Lyons, our military analyst, joins the program. Uh, are we still talking about this a year from now? Oh, oh I think so. I, I don't see Ukraine giving up either. Um, but uh, unless both sides decide, uh, or you, there's other forces acting on both sides to get them to the negotiation table. It's going to be an armistice, North Korea, South Korea, DMZ. It's going to be, again, back to the future. It's going to go back to 1950. That's what, the, uh, what's what Ukraine's going to look like. My clients, military analyst, retired major in the Army, and a guy that we go to when it comes to all things military. Appreciate you coming on today, my man. Stay, uh, stay warm out there. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Sure, will do. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. You miss any of that, grab it. His insight is amazing. And and I like the fact, I think, it's that he feels that China is playing a great game but is not quite ready to give them the stuff that they're looking for, I think, which would give a lot of people a respite. And, and maybe China's game is make sure they're as weak as possible. 
uh, Russia, but not so weak as to no longer exist. And that's very interesting. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Hey, this portion of the program is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let me tell you about BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with the user manuals, and that includes mentally. Sometimes you need somebody to talk to. Sometimes it's something as as simple as I've got a chance to have a career change, and I'd like to bounce some some things off some people, and and that's it. Maybe it's a little bit more, and you want to go deeper, and BetterHelp can help you with that. They will help you find the best therapist for you. Licensed and vetted, over 3 million people have been placed with therapists. You fill out a questionnaire and away you go. It's been a tremendous for, for my uh, my eldest daughter in, in the things that she has struggled with, especially with COVID and being locked down, being on the spectrum. It has changed a lot, uh, you know, uh, for a lot of kids out there and it was easy for her to do. Right now, go to BetterHelp Get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash Chad. Betterhelp.com slash Chad. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. Sorry. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. Uh, just a brief semantic point. The gentlelady was making a grammatical error that I heard some of her colleagues make before. I believe she referred to a Democrat solution. I heard another member talk about a Democrat member and a Democrat plan. I just wanted to educate our distinguished colleagues. Democrat is the noun. When you use it as an adjective, you say the Democratic member or the Democratic solution or the Democratic plan. After people are corrected several times, and they continue to say it, it seems like it's an act of incivility. As if every time we mentioned the other party, it just came out with kind of political speech impediment, like, oh, the Banana Republican Party. As if we were to say that every time we mentioned the Banana Republican member, or the Banana Republican plan, or the Banana Republican conference. Ah, Jamie Raskin uh, uh, right there just wants everybody to know. It's Again, it's about... It's about the way that you can control and use language, right? That's 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 this insanity. And when and when you can control it, it's the democratic plan. You know, it's it's a plan for the dem. Oh no, no, you've got to use it in this way, and that's language. And if you can control it, you can change a lot of things. There are new words in the dictionary, and they've added new interpretations. How about this one? Sexual minority. Noun, a member of a member or members of the LGBTQ plus community used especially in context of discrimination against or advocacy for a minor uh, uh, a minority sexual orientation, gender identity group. What? Multisectional. Mixed gender. Relating to two or more people of different genders. What are you talking at? Multisexual? Uh, abrosexual? Nothing uh, is more ridiculous than this. Controlling language. Abrosexual. Noting or relating to a person whose sexual orientation is fluid or fluctuates over time. My God. This is insane. Can we all agree? Control the language. Control the language. That's what you've got. And if you could play the game. And now they're getting stuff put into dictionary.com. So this has all been put into dictionary.com. Anti-fat. Opposed, hostile, or adverse to fatness and fat people. 
a heritage language, a language used at home, spoken natively by adults in a family, but often not fully uh, acquired by subsequent generations. Oh, God. (sighs) Got to have a description for everything, and you better use it right or you will pay the price. You will pay the price. 323-538-2423. You miss any show, grab the podcast. Uh, great having Mike Lyons on talking about what's going on in Ukraine, how long this is going to last. A lot of other good stuff in there as well. Check it out. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson excuses excuses every once in a while you gotta look yourself in the mirror and go you know what maybe this was on me windy city blues new york post ousted chicago mayor blames loss on racism gender but not a 52 percent jump in crime here's the thing it had nothing to do with your gender it had nothing to do with it you were a lesbian it had nothing to do with you being black. It had all to do with the fact that you sucked at your job. You know what a quality is? It's being able to look somebody in the eye and tell them the truth. You failed the people of Chicago. Is it because I'm a woman? No, you failed them. If you were a man and you, you did this, you would have failed them. If you were a straight white man and this, ha- you would have failed them. Nothing to do with how you look, who you love, what you identify as, all to do with the fact that you sucked at your job. When you have a 52% jump in crime and, and the rubber meets the road, if you will, the, the, the facts land in, in, in your reality, in your feelings, you get blown out. She got 17%. She got 17%. She says, I'm a black woman. Let's not forget. Certainly, folks, frankly, many folks, they don't support us in leadership. Nothing to do with that. You were bad. Chicago Tribune called her loss a political embarrassment, argued that crime skyrocketed on her watch. Argued? Look at the numbers. She campaigned in 2019 by arguing crime was too high. Said she wanted to make Chicago the safest city in the country. Well, did she? No. Gun violence spiked dramatically 2020, 2022 from 500 murders in 2019, 776 and 804 in the next two years, respectively. Carjackings through the roof. Violent crime sparked 40, uh, spiked 40%. Who's that on? You weren't good with the police. None of those things happened. That that you would think you run on. I want to be tough on crime. Tough on crime 
doesn't mean, hey, let's just arrest everybody in the street. See, this is the, 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 the conversation that people won't have in this world over, you know, what reality should be, you know, and, and nuance and all of the stuff that goes into it. Tough on crime means there are people out there that are bad and they need to be in jail. There are people out there that have made some mistakes and are going to get out. How do we help them so they stay out? There are people out there that make a stupid mistake that doesn't rise to the level of being punished for years in prison, but they'll have to pay a fine, do some community service. They're not all the same, but as treating them as such, what ends up happening? Crime rises when they fear there is no crime. How many times did we see a shootout in Chicago? Too many. There were several. There were, there were shootouts in Chicago, and rather than pursue the people that they saw in cars, they just kind of let it lie. That is not a help. And it had nothing to, it had nothing to do with the fact that, do you think, because Democrats won last night because there was nine people you had to come in you had to either get over 50 percent which means you're going to be the mayor and there's no runoff or the top two go through there were nine she got 17 percent the other two do you think they're uber right wingers no they're not you failed the people of chicago stop making excuses it's not because you're a lesbian it's not because you're a woman It is not because you're black. It's because you weren't good at that job. That's it. That's not an opinion. The facts state it. Well, Chad, there's probably some people out there that don't like her because she's a black lesbian. Probably. How many of them, though? And how many of them live in Chicago? Probably not a lot. She was bad at her job. We have to accept the fact that sometimes some people are bad at what they do. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Robots are going to take over the world. And we talk about that a lot. uh, Joking. But there is a chance as things move forward that robots are going to do more and 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 more. And because of that, Less people are going to be needed. Less people employed means less taxes. So what do you do? Right now, if a human worker does you know, $50,000 worth of work in a factory, that income is taxed. If the robot comes in to do the same thing, you'd think that we'd tax the robot at a similar level. That's true taxation without representation. So you're going to tax a robot for doing a job. And I find this interesting because it's always about money. How much money? can the government get from you we should pay our taxes we absolutely should we should rewrite the tax code because i think there's way too many things that people can get away with i think that's a fair assessment but i also think there's people out there if they could they would take all the money they possibly could from everybody especially people who create jobs but they're just they're just doing what they built a business they took a they took a run at something and now they're saying to themselves man robots are more efficient i can get one well, that's fine. That's fantastic. But we're going to tax it. Where's it end? Couldn't I argue at that point you can tax my computer because I use it for work? And you could tax it on a daily basis. Oh, oh, well, that's maybe. I mean, could you argue that at that point? Continue.
What the world wants is to take this opportunity to make all the goods and services we have today and free up labor. We still deal with an immense shortage of people to help out uh, there. And so if you can take the labor that used to do the thing automation replaces and both financially and training-wise and fulfillment-wise, have that person go off and do these other things, you're net ahead. But you can't just give up that income tax because that's part of how you've been funding that level of human workers. Oh, I see. Again, it's about the money. Bernie Sanders, what do you think? When you talk about American workers, you're proposing a new cabinet level agency to focus on the future of work and workers. You talk about taxing robots. Look, this is a huge issue. There is a revolution taking place now with artificial intelligence and robotics. Millions of workers are going to lose their jobs. Who's making those decisions? You hear it debated in Congress? I don't. So guys who sit at the head of large multinational corporations are saying, look, we can do this. We can get rid of all these people over here. We can make even more money. So we're talking about a transformational moment throughout the world in the United States. I want working people to be involved. Yeah. Wants working people to be involved. Absolutely. You're Bill Gates. We got to tax these things. What? You got to tax these things. Why not? Because we have to. This is what we have to do. You got to tax, tax, tax. Tax what? The robots? They don't have any representation. And if we're going to tax them for representation, they're going to want to be representation. Do we start have to acknowledge that they're human beings now or share some sort of human characteristics? And in doing so, they should have certain protections. You know, it's not just taxing the robots. It's this whole question of an economic transformation. Are working class people going to benefit from that or just the billionaire class? So you agree with Bill Gates and taxing robots? That's one way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy, right? It's not very crazy when you think about it, because so many of these people, you know, Bill Gates is a billionaire. Capitalism gave him that. Not taxing, not government. Came up with an idea. He built a company, employed hundreds and thousands of people, made many, many people very, very wealthy. Bernie Sanders has always been a government guy. That's what he does. He thinks government should be central to everything you do. And there's a lot of people out there. This is a professor. My buddy posted this. But he's told you he's a little bit left. Talking about the evils of technology. Um, this is a few years old, but it's, it's just very interesting because there's a blame game going on here with technology and what they would like to see happen. Okay, that's how capitalism works. If you know that, you can't be surprised that workers hold back. We don't want this technology. We don't want these new machines because they feel threatened. Why do they feel threatened? Because they are. (laughs) Well, what would a worker co-op do? Real simple. So he wants a worker co-op. Now, what would the worker co-op do? Wow. You have machines that are twice as productive. You don't fire anybody. You cut the workday in half. Everybody keeps their job, works half the hours they used to, produces as much in half the hours as before they took double the hours. The real benefit is the workers have half their time off. That's technology that benefits the majority, the workers. In capitalism, technology benefits profits, which go of the population. The problem has never been technology. The problem has always been capitalism. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. Technology is not the problem. It's capitalism that's the problem. And if we can get all of these things rocking and rolling, why can't the workers do everything for us and we can sit at home and just get free money? Where's the free money come from? Well, it's going to come from all the people who own the businesses. 
Well, the people that own the businesses are like, wait a minute here. You think you're going to tax my robots? When I went, I designed, I, I, I bought, I put these things in, I spent all this money on these things, and now you want to tax them as if I have employees? Well, why would I even do business here then? It's so funny, government and this battle for how can I give you what you need to do nothing and take as much money from other people to do it. Should be frustrated, but here it comes. And let me tell you, before warehouses become fully automated and they've moved there, there are a lot of other jobs because of chat GPT and other things that are going to be obsolete sooner than that. I was talking to a programmer the other day, and he was saying, yeah, some of the stuff uh, that we're building, uh, I'm building my replacement. Scary. Well, tax that replacement. That's where we're going. Tax that replacement. But taxation without representation, I'm telling you, the scary part is somebody's going to go, hey, I want to represent the robots. They need to have a voice in this. It's capitalism, it's robots, it's technology. It's awesome and scary, but we have no roadmap of where we're going. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Raycon. Best earbuds around. I love my Raycons. You will love your Raycons. I have Raycon earbuds. I have gaming headphones for the kids. We've got tons of speakers. We have everything that Raycon provides because it works so amazingly. Now, I love my my earbuds. So I'll go out. I'll play a little soccer. Wear my earbuds. I'll go work out. Play a lot of pickleball. Wear my earbuds. Golf. Wear my earbuds. Sometimes I take my speaker out with me. Attach it to the golf cart. It's awesome. Get up to 11 hours of talk time with that. Eight hours of talk time and listening time with my earbuds. They fit perfectly. They have buy now, pay later, and they're about half the price of other premium audio brands. So you can go out there and look at other premium audio brands, or you can get the coolest, hippest, best-fitting, best sound around with Raycon. Save an extra 15% right now. Go to buyraycon.com slash chat. Buy, uh, buy now, pay later, as well as a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not happy, you can send it back, and boom, they'll send you your money back. But you're going to love these. Buyraycon.com saves you an extra 15%. We're going to buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. What's trending? Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. to be free. I am not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. (gasps) Don't be a cutie pie. Probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, bud! You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Katie Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Liam had a crash, that plenty of Russian lesser bands, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly beef, boom. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending, shall we? In the world of the internet, head on over to Twitter. It's Women's History Month. Who's excited for that? Eli Lilly is trending. They said they're going to cut the cost of insulin by up to 70%. That is a big story. Uh, We'll probably touch a little bit more on it tomorrow and why it's a big story. 
but that's a huge thing. Christopher Ray is trending because, of course, he of the FBI says, yeah, it's more than likely this thing, uh, COVID, uh, that you know, the Wuhan virus, uh, China, it came out of there in the old factory of viruses in Wuhan and uh, not the wet market. So, of course, he's being absolutely crushed. Crushed. Dark side of the moon. It's funny, we were just talking about that because I'm just not a Pink Floyd fan. But Anthony's like, we just don't do concept albums anymore. And then he brought something up that I thought was great, which is because people, they don't want to sit through a whole album. They want every album to be 12. If you're going to do it, they don't care. They want every album essentially to be 12 hits and make them cool enough to be on TikTok. Ooh, that's interesting. (laughs) Head on over to Google. Uh, number one trending thing yesterday, Chicago mayoral elections. It's over. Paul Vallis will be one, and Brandon Johnson will be the other that will face off in the upcoming Chicago mayoral election. Uh, the sitting mayor, which is Lori Lightfoot, was outed. She got 17% of the vote. <laughs> other stuff trending in Google. It's a Google. In the Google, Mississippi enacted a ban on gender-affirming care for minors or children mutilation. It depends on how you want to see how that, that works. Gender-affirming. We're affirming your gender. Or you're mutilating a child with no long-term studies being done on how this plays out. And uh, so, but you don't care, right? Because as long as you look like you're a social justice warrior and a keyboard fighter, that's all that matters. And that's ridiculous. We're going to do some wokeness coming up. We're going to give you a double dose of wokeness. But uh, that is, to me, just uh, inconscionable. We do not have long-term studies on all of the stuff that the hormone changes do. And long-term on, you know, uh, so much of what goes on when you, when you, when you go in and lop something off or tuck something in or add something to it, you don't, but we're somehow okay with this. And if you're not, you're in trouble, whatever, yell at us. I'm fine with that. I'll stick by it. If you're 35 and you want to do it, knock yourself out. If you're 15, I think we need a waiting period. That's all I'm saying. Chad Benson show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It's Wednesday, you guys know that, so we do what? We get woke on Wednesday, and man, we got a double helping of woke today. This support group is for people who are so woke, they're finding it impossible to have any fun at all. It's that time of the week where we break it down for you and get you woke. It's all right, I feel that way too. It's all right. Let it out. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? How dare you? White women raise the white boys who grow up to be little, misogynistic, 
patriarchal tyrants. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. A it's time for Woke Wednesday. That's right. We get woke on Wednesday, as you guys know. Bill Maher yesterday, because he's on with Jake Tapper, and it's very interesting because uh, CNN's trying to do a lot of different things. One of them is trying to bring sanity back and try to move ish to the middle and just do news, a little bit less opinion. But it's hard because people want opinion nowadays. But where do you find that that, that, that ground? And also entertaining. And look, I don't always agree with Bill Maher, but it doesn't mean that the stuff that he says isn't entertaining. And there's a lot of things I do agree with. And definitely, you know, he has talked about over and over again, uh, you know, how the liberals have really lost the plot. And, you know, he was talking to Jake Tapper, first and foremost, about that whole cancel culture thing. But I was never one of those comics who could just pretend, oh, I'm sorry, I must have made a mistake there. I'd be like, no. I didn't make a mistake. There's something wrong with that joke. Stop groaning. But look, any comic in this era, anybody in this era, can absolutely fall off the ledge at any moment. It's, it just makes me laugh when people say to me, you know, you're uncancelable. Are you kidding? In two seconds, I could get canceled. Anybody could. Anybody could. That's the reality of it. And there are people out there who live to do that. And it's not just comedy. You could say something when you're 15 years old playing a video game with your friends. And at the time, it could be offensive. And it may not be offensive at the time, but we've moved. And then all of a sudden, you flash forward five, six, eight years. You're, you're, you're making your big debut. And maybe it's a, your major league debut. Or maybe it is, uh, you know, something uh, else. You know, you're, you, you've released your first single and it's climbing up the charts. And somebody then goes, oh, yeah, when he was 15, he said this or tweeted that. Like they were waiting around for it to get back at you. So, yeah, everybody's cancelable. And it's not just comics. But comics, because they're paid... To be funny and interesting and to poke fun at life, their their bear traps, if you will, their minds are much bigger. Democrats sometimes can take it too far. I would categorize liberal as different than woke. You know, woke, it became sort of an eye roll because they love diversity except of ideas. How do you define wokeness? Because I hear people use the term all the time and it means something different to to everybody. Well, again, I think it's this collection of ideas that uh, are not building on liberalism, but very often undoing it. Five years ago, Abraham Lincoln was not a controversial figure among liberals. Now they take his name off schools and tear down his statues. Really? Lincoln isn't good enough for you? No. No. And that's why I always try to, to, to my friends who are on the right, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, guys, listen, you know what side I'm on. It's right and the left. Obviously, I'm on the right side for a vast majority of things, but I'm very much an open-minded person. I don't condemn anybody. And I try to explain that a liberal, in the classic sense of the word, a Democrat, is a much different person than the woke progressives who are able to, for whatever reason, manipulate and 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 grab a hold of a certain sphere or area inside of the media and run with it. 
and dominate with it and scare businesses and people. You and I and everybody, we're censoring ourselves at times. Now, obviously, a lot of my censoring comes with the fact that I can't drop the F-bomb every once in a while, which is which because uh, uh, hey, we got licenses and stuff you got to worry about. It's a much different thing. But the 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 censoring that goes on in our daily life when we know something's BS, but we're terrified to say it out of fear. And they've gotten to us. And you can't allow that to happen. You can't. You cannot allow that to happen. It is not good for anybody. It's not. It's not. Patrick Warburton, uh, Seinfeld star, putty. Most importantly to me, he's Joe on Family Guy. Was asked about the fact, there's a perfect example of of people wanting him to apologize because he plays Joe on Family Guy, who is what? He's in a wheelchair. It's always, you know, the way things change and this and that. Or, you know, what flies today, what flew yesterday, can't fly today. Eh. I mean, I used to apologize for being on the family guy. And I apologize no more because this world is in horrible need of satire. Everybody takes themselves too seriously. And it's just, it's just, uh, I think, in many ways, become an overwhelming mess. But we need humor in our lives. 100%. We need humor in our lives. And the beauty of comics is comics can go and they can poke fun at things in a way that makes the people in power feel uncomfortable and the power structure itself uncomfortable. And you can always tell to me, I've always I've, I've always said this. If you cannot laugh at yourself, then whatever house of cards you're standing on or whatever house you're, is, is a house of cards in the wind. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, then chances are your arguments aren't very strong. They're not. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. And too many people take themselves way too serious. And it's sad. But alas, this is the world we live in. Oh, yes, indeed. It's woke time, baby. A little Wednesday wokeness for you. Hope you're enjoying that. Oh, ho, 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 ho. We're going to have a double helping of wokeness coming up in a little bit. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, Dictionary's got new words. And they've also expanded stuff. So uh, here's some stuff. Cakeage. That is a fee charged by a restaurant for serving a cake brought from outside. So you'll have a party at a restaurant and it'll be like, hey, it's Don's birthday or Steve's birthday or whatever. And, and uh, you know, have and you bring it from the outside, kind of like the, the, the corkage fee if you bring a, a bottle of wine. So they got cakeage. Digital nomad they've added, which is a person who works remotely while traveling for leisure, nearly wed. Those are people who are maybe engaged. They've been living together for a long time, but they got zero plans to get married i like this anti-fragile objective becoming more robust when exposed to stressors uncertainty or risk oh we made the structure sturdy and anti-fragile so bad weather makes it stronger north paw they've added north paw so if you don't know what a north paw is it's the opposite of a south paw if you ever watch baseball or boxing a south paw is a lefty so now you got north paw but it wouldn't be uh, the new dictionary if we didn't have certain things. How about this? Rage farming. 
I like this. This is a uh, tactic of intentionally provoking political opponents, typically by posting inflammatory content on social media in order to elicit angry responses and thus high engagement or widespread exposure for the original poster. Ooh, rage farming, trauma dumping, one-sided sharing of traumatic or intensely negative experiences or emotions in an inappropriate setting or with people who are unprepared for the interaction. Here's one, pink washing. An instance or practice of acknowledgement and promoting the civil liberties of the LGBTQ plus community, but specifically as a ploy to divert attention and allegiances and activities that are in fact hostile to such liberties. Translation. You go and you, you, it's, it's, it's virtue signaling is what it is. Just give it a different name. You virtue signal to everybody about this, when in reality, behind closed doors or when you're with your friends or some of the things that you support, eh, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Chick-fil-A is the worst because they don't like gay people. Yeah, 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 I totally agree with you guys. And then 20 minutes la- later, you're eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, yeah. We'll probably get to some more of these a little bit later. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Bulwark Capital wants to help you. Big time. And they've got opportunities for you to sit down with them uh, coming up in a few seminars that they're going to have. Now, if you don't know what Bulwark is, we've talked about this on numerous occasions. It's the best way to protect your money. So March 23rd at 3 p.m. Pacific, they're going to have a full webinar. My buddy Zach Abraham, they're going to talk to you about all the things they do. And they're going to show you what the risk managed strategy is about, how to help protect your retirement and grow it. Maybe you are retired, you're heading towards retirement, or you're just getting started. They want to show you what they're all about. And they're fully transparent in what is going on with their portfolios. It's a great way to learn. They're going to show you why so much of the old stuff, the 60-40 bond mix and stuff, that doesn't work. And they've got a risk management strategy and active management, and they can lower volatility, which is what you want, especially as you head towards retirement. So it is Bulwark's uh, free live webinar. It is March 23rd. Sign up now at knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W-riskradio.com. Learn about Bulwark risk management strategy and performance. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial, LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. Are you ready to get woke again? It's a double helping of woke. The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Keeping with the theme of wokeness, as we do on Wednesdays, because that's that's what we do for you. Let's continue to be woke. Buckle up, everybody. It's time to talk about my pronouns. When babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby I'm is a boy or a girl. Miami but sometimes the doctor is wrong. She, it, it. Lucy is a girl. Are you she, they pronouns? They, them, they, who are they? There was two of them? The fun thing about me is yesterday I came out of trans for my whole family. So let's go. Rock Frogs pronouns. That sounds so cool. Let me introduce you to our non-binary alpaca. I am non-binary and I use they, them pronouns and my students know this. We just came up with new words that fit us better. It's fine. What if I want to be called Sir Elton John? It's time for Woke Wednesday. Keeping with our insanity, here's a teacher that is, uh, you know, Anthony and I were talking about this, man, how teachers have changed. 
because this teacher is teaching what? We're not quite sure. But what the teacher really wants is more or less all the validation they can get from the children because it's more about them than what they're teaching and who they're teaching. So today was our first day back from spring break, and I told all my students that my pronouns are they, them, and that my honorific is mix. A few of my students had some questions, but I wanted to tell you about two of my students that just made my heart sing and made me feel so validated. Uh, One of them, she put in the chat, ah, I'm so proud of you. Oh, yeah, that's great. Did you teach them anything? Are you kidding me? I teach them all kinds of stuff, like I'm mix. And then one of my other students had a question and put in the chat, mix, da-da-da-da-da, here's my question. Um, And it was just so validating to see mix pop up on the screen instead of miss, and I just made my day. (laughs) Made my day. That's it. I don't know what we're asking. I don't know what questions were being answered. I don't even know what I'm teaching anymore. All I know is enough about you. Here's some more about me. Yesterday, I was talking to a couple people around here that pretty liberal. And I said, you know what? Rather than celebrate what part of the alphabet army some of these teachers are on and, and what they're representing, rather than all of that stuff, why don't we celebrate math? <laughs> How about that? Why don't we celebrate kids getting scores that are decent? Why don't we celebrate all of these amazing things that you should be learning in school, but instead you're too busy spending hours and hours dealing with what? And if you don't think it's true, I got a, I got a youngster goes to school, got a couple of them, and it is amazing some of the stuff that goes on. And you just sit back there and go, are we really doing a pronoun class? <laughs> I was here for math. This is more important. This, And in many ways, it may be more important because it may keep you employed by knowing the right pronouns. And if you don't think that's uh, 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 true, an L.A. county prosecutor was suspended. Shay Sana. Now, Los Angeles County, what? Yeah, the woke district attorney there by the name of George Gascon. Uh, the lead attorney who prosecuted a trans woman convicted of a molesting a 10-year-old girl. Translation, a man, because when the trans woman became trans after the molesting of the 10-year-old girl, this is the woke and student that we live in, uh, then claimed afterwards, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a woman now. So Deputy District Attorney uh, Shay Asana, 34, was slapped with suspension after he argued that the jailhouse phone call showed the uh, convicted molester Hannah Tubbs, 26, was trying to use gender identity to manipulate the justice system, making people in Gascoigne's office uncomfortable. And so suspension because of misgendering. Think about that for a second. You have a violent sex predator sentenced to two years in a juvenile facility. Sana seethed after the hearing because, you know suspended he suspended because he came to them and said hey remember the guy that molested the girl and then on the phone we got all the tapes saying that he's now a woman but this happened when he was a guy not that it matters the a you know uh, the molestation of whether you're a woman or male but now saying he's a woman and he wants to go to a woman's facility 
Still with all the bits, by the way. Manipulating the system. And in doing so, the person who got suspended was the person who raised the alarm that this person is manipulating you. And that's what happens. Mr. Tubbs, as I'll continue to uh, uh, call him because uh, still has his bits, is now an adult, as is the victim. The person who was victimized said, I've heard that my attacker goes by she, them pronouns now. I see it's also unfair to try. Uh, it's, I see it is also unfair to try him as a woman as well, seeing how clearly didn't act like one on January 1st, 2014, when the incident took place. The crime. My God, it is just ridiculous. By the way, uh, Tubbs has since uh, got out and then was charged with murder uh, in a connection to a 2019 robbery. He was transferred to a men's jail in Kern County. And I love how they say she is being held on a million dollars bond. (laughs) Oh, God. This is what happens as we get to more and more. We've talked about it throughout the day. When facts land on somebody's feelings and it makes them uncomfortable and they don't like it. We have teachers who want validation from the children rather than their validation should be, I did a good job and those kids are getting out of school and they've learned more because of me. No, they're validated because you're using the right pronouns and it makes them feel good. And on the other side of insanity, because there's plenty of sides to it, you have a person who says that they are a woman, manipulates the system, gets called on it by the prosecutor, and then the prosecutor's in trouble for misgendering. Man, what a wacky time to be alive. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I saw a lot of this last night on the old interwebs. Crime doesn't pay, especially if you're the mayor of Chicago. And that's the reality. But I'm going to break something down for you, kids. I I want you to pay attention. I I like to find nuance and, and, and give context and things. There's a difference between being a Democrat and a woke progressive. A Democrat will win the 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 seat in chicago a woke progressive lost last night so if you guys haven't heard Lori lightfoot the mayor of the third biggest city in america has been outed as the mayor of chicago uh because crime is through the roof woke agenda people didn't want Lori Lightfoot made history in 2019 as Chicago's first black woman and openly gay person to lead the city. None of that matters if you can't do your job. I want everybody to realize that. Let's go back to something I I played yesterday that I thought was hilarious. Uh, This was (laughs) this was something that uh, uh, our good friend and yours, producer Anthony, found this political ad. 
Have you ever boarded a plane and thought to yourself, I hope the pilot is a transgender refugee? Have you ever gone to the emergency room and said, I hope my medical team is incredibly diverse? Never is the word competent used in any of those things. Voting for somebody because they're black and a lesbian doesn't mean competent. Voting for somebody because they're white doesn't mean they're confident and competent in the things that they can do. That's what you should be voting for. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your report. But on Tuesday, she came up short for re-election. Regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fights and we put this city on a better path. Lightfoot needed to win 50% of the vote to win outright or finish in the top two in a field of nine candidates to head to a runoff election in April. Neither happened as she came in third. Now candidates Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson will face each other in the runoff. Yeah, because wokeness only goes so far. It's great to be woke when you're at Starbucks or you're on Twitter and Instagram and you're not dealing with all of the aftermath of allowing crime to run rampant because you're looking for some better way to be soft on crime because you feel people are disadvantaged. You paid the price because you led with feelings and not facts. And eventually, those feelings that you were leading with, well, the facts of those things landed on the people that also lead with feelings. And they were like, we don't want any of this. You're, you're, you, our feelings and facts have got mixed together. And people had had enough. She had a horrific relationship in Chicago with the police force. Which, by the way, crime is rampant in Chicago. Homelessness. Let's not forget the immigration issue. All of these things landed. She was more interested in TikToking and 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 talking a big game about progressive issues than actually doing the job. And she's gone. She is gone. As she should be. She didn't do a good job. But this brings me back to the issue at hand with some of this stuff. And, and, and it's funny because we're going to get to some John Stewart stuff in a second because nuance has been lost on people. It has been. And, and we now choose sides based on, on just whatever the media tells us and feeds us that we want to hear. Then we go to those things. Case in point, John Stewart yesterday, a lot of people are like, oh, you feel vindicated because of, uh, you know, all the things that happened when you went on Colbert. And, uh, you know, we're talking about eh, the lab leaks, the most likely leak. I don't want to do a disservice to his bit. He did. But essentially, he said, come on. And, and by the way, let's not forget six times. The bird flu breakouts that took place came from lab leaks throughout china but he got blasted when he brought up this a couple years ago on colbert about hey you know uh uh they got what they got a place where they study coronavirus in wuhan just up the street from a wet market where they say it broke out and they don't do good i mean he, he it was pretty it was just simple and easy. But guess what? Facts and feelings ran into each other, and he was shocked. It's, it's not about 
certainty or the, the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. My, my bigger problem with, with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed kind of how I felt. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. Yeah, but you know what? That's what happens in the world now where you have so many people who, A, common sense is gone. They are Their theology is whatever politics that they live in and identify in. And in particular on the left, there is no open-mindedness to have serious discussions about anything that was shut down. The left did that, not the right. Look, did the right in some areas go go overboard with this? It was, it was a bioweapon. It was this, that, and the other. I've always said, and I think a vast majority of Americans have always said, now it probably came out of a lab. Uh, so it wasn't nature. No, no, no. I don't think they designed it. I think they may have played around with it. But it was, it was natural in occurrence, maybe messed with in a lab and escaped from a lab. I don't think they did it on purpose. Now, what they did afterwards was on purpose. And we can ask some serious questions about that. But you were shut down. You were called a conspiracy theorist. You were called a nut job. You were, and what ended up happening in life now is the facts are landing on the people's feelings. And the reason was simple. Because you were one side or the other side. And the left did this to themselves. Well, I think the yeah. thing that's so that we discovered after that happened was, mm -hmm. you know, that natural transmission means you're a Democrat mm -hmm. and right. lab leak wet means market. you're a Republican. Right. And wet market right. means you're a Democrat. Right. And um, right. lab leak means you're a Republican. We, and we right. were really puzzled by that one. Well, you, you literally, though, like I had put Hillary for prison on my forehead. Yeah, that's the way they looked at him. But that's the way it became. When you could look over there and go, okay, you guys have a virus testing slash biology slash whatever it was institute in Wuhan. I'm putting one and one together and saying there's a really good chance that this is two. Unless I'm missing a digit somewhere. This is what I've got in front of me. And if, if the only thing you were to tell somebody, take politics out of it. The only thing you were to tell somebody is, yeah, they've got a, 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 a biology lab where they're potentially doing game of function, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, even though they're not supposed to, but we all know they are uh, in, this, in, this, in this lab. And they study the coronavirus and the coronavirus got out into the world. Uh, but, you know, even though... They've been warned, and we've warned everybody here that they don't do a good job of, of securing this place. Or there's a wet market down the street, and somebody uh, had a tainted, you know, was it pangolin at one time? Was it a bat? Whatever it was at that. But well, I don't even know what we finished up with, what animal was being charged with the crime of spreading coronavirus. If you took all the politics out 
and you just lay that in front of somebody, they would probably go, well, it's got to be the, the, the virus came from the lab, right? And like, not on purpose, but probably escaped because somebody got sick and they carried it out. And But politics got involved. And then if you believe that it, it, was, it was out of a lab, you were a nut job. And if you believed it was natural in occurrence and that it just happened to jump from animal to human at a wet market, well, you were moral and righteous. And John Stewart was shocked by it. But that's, that's what happens now, right? And this is what happens when the facts land in your feelings and your belief, even though you are doing these things and feeling these things and believing these things, not based on actual facts themselves, but based strictly on this is how I want it to be. Lori Lightfoot lost last night in Chicago because her feelings were, oh, all these people are disenfranchised and we're going to turn a blind eye to crime because it's all of these. We're going to become more woke and more progressive. We're going to do a lot of different things. And guess what? Eventually, the facts landed at people's feet and they didn't want it. And sometimes that's what it takes for people to go, oh, wow, I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Same thing. It's just so funny, though, the way that it, it isn't until it affects you that maybe you take a step back and go, oh, oh. And that's how blinded we are with our politics in this world. Nobody has nuance. Nobody can sit down and have a real conversation and zero open mindedness. When you want to talk about diversity in the world, diversity starts first and foremost in your mind. Are you diverse enough to hear other ideas And I think all too often people aren't. And it's sad. It's sad. But welcome to the world we live in now. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. I just love the shock of some people. I can't believe they got mad at me. I mean, you know, it's a, why, 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 because, because why, why can't you believe that the left got mad at you because you came out and espoused something that was more than likely the truth. While they were telling everybody, no, the truth is this, and you cannot question the truth because this truth goes against the guy that we don't like who has, who's orange and has bad hair. So it can't be true because if it's true, then he was right. And if it was he, he was right, then, then our identity is destroyed. Dumbasses. 323-538-2423 at Chad Menson Show. It's your Twitter, Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens, get a free bag of Rough Greens. What is it you ask yourself? I will tell you what it is. It's an amazing, incredible supplement. It goes on top of your dog's food. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff that is truly, truly amazing. And I give it to my dogs every single day. It has helped my older dog tremendously and has given my younger dogs a absolute jump start in life and if it it's just amazing what it's done to my older dog doodle it has really given him the last few years that he has lived with us the best life and i love it i love to see him it's got all this incredible stuff into it and right now you can get a bag for free it's not going to cost you anything but the cost of shipping ruffgreens.com slash chad get a free bag now roughgreens.com slash chad roughgreens.com slash chad get yourself a free bag cover the cost of shipping it's yours don't change anything just sprinkle it on top of your dog's food roughgreens.com slash chad this is the chad benson show
You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Pottinger was pressed on his opinion of the lab leak theory. There is still a great deal of information that has yet to come out. The hearing also addressing the Chinese-owned social media app TikTok. To censor and suppress or to amplify what tens of millions of Americans see and read. A separate House committee will vote today on a bill that would give President Biden the power to ban TikTok in the U.S. Yeah, and it's funny, like you're talking about suppressing what people can see and read. No, they can see and read it elsewhere. They're saying this thing, TikTok, is not good because of the uh, potential risk that it poses to millions of Americans because China is going to be able to steal their data, even though in theory that's not supposed to happen. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because the company is run on its own, separate from its, you know, giant, huge, uh, overreaching father of the Communist Party. And the because any business that is in China, Chinese company, it is the communist business, no matter what anybody tells you. So. BitDance, the parent company, uh, the way that TikTok's supposed to work here is it's wholly separate. It's here, but it's separate. But do you really believe that? Do you believe that? And I love when people say, and, and you know, it's Woke Wednesday. We'll do some woke stuff here in a little bit. But I love when people say that it's you're, you're suppressing it and people don't want to see it. And, and people want to see it, but you're suppressing it. No, what people are saying is, Yeah, we don't think this is a good thing to have on State Department, on, you know, government phones, no matter what. We don't think this is a good uh, app to have on there because of the potential issues that could arise from it. It's probably, I, I, you know, it's a tough one. Because TikTok is fun, man. You get sucked into it. And you still see TikToks. You can be on YouTube. You can be on Twitter. You can be on Instagram. And people will post on TikTok. And they'll put it out to all of their socials. So you still see it. And it can be addictive. There is no doubt about that. But I've, I agree, man. I, I just... Uh, I did TikTok at first, and then the more you read into it, I'm like, okay, I got to get rid of this app. I got to get, get kill it as fast as possible, and and as far as getting it off my phones. And but it is tough because it is addictive. I get that, totally. But we need to we need to start drawing lines of distinction between somebody saying we're not suppressing you from seeing any of this information. We're just telling you. That this here poses a potential threat because it's put on State Department phones and phones across the, the, the country for government workers who think it's fun to look at. And, and it is, but the potential of information being stolen off of it could be very real. And I think we know that. So maybe this isn't a good place or a good app to have on the phone. You could still look at all the stuff. But you're going to have to see it elsewhere. Still on your phone, just at Instagram or YouTube or Facebook. Not the same thing as suppressing or 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 limiting or not allowing it at all. Banning it. It's not the same. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, a lot of things to get to. Talk a bit about Iran, what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, our buddy Michael Lyons is going to join us. He was supposed to join us yesterday, but uh, snow everywhere. And he got it big time, so he missed it. So he's going to jump on the program with us straight ahead. Chad Benson Show.
Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The war is a year older in Ukraine. It's ugly, it's bloody, it's nasty. Joining us now, retired major in the Army and our military analyst, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, it's been over a year now, and it just, it feels like it's getting bloodier. It feels like we're, last year was World War II, and now we feel like we're fighting World War I as you see the trenches that these and foxholes that these guys are fighting in. Yeah, that's a great analogy, Chad. I think especially what's going on in Bakhmut this morning with, um, you know, 4,500 civilians inside of town. Russia is bringing Wagner troops in there. It's an urban fight. Ukraine is trying to hold on. The the people on the ground are saying that the government is painting a rosy picture of how they're trying to hold on. And the and the government is saying they could barely hold on. So it is. It's World War One. And um well, you know, it, it, you look at both sides and uh, this analogy of Sun Tzu of evade when the enemy's strong, I, I think really has to take place right now. Ukraine's got to think about saving its young men and women who are on the front lines, move them off as Russia has more capability. They have more there at this point and figure out another place for them to be deployed where they can um, do do better good at this point. But uh, but it, it, it is it's World War One and it's it's uh, it's, re- you know, back to the future. Uh, You know, Trump got a lot of crap for calling out NATO and Wall Street Journal and The New York Times have both in the last couple days uh, had articles that, hey, guys, uh, NATO is a mess. And maybe Trump was right The the leopards, they can't even get them the leopard tanks that they need. Not actually. They might be better just sending real leopards uh, at this point because they they're old. They don't work. Uh, they don't have the parts for it. They don't even have trainers for some of them to teach the Ukrainians. And it, it's another situation where we're looking around going, man, there's a lot of promises and no delivery. Yeah, the, the this has exposed the underbelly of European security, especially for tanks, infantry fighting vehicles, things on the ground uh, in Germany and France. Um, you know, England can send some of their Challenger tanks there. But, but I could have told you before the German army was fundamentally deadlined out of the motor pool before this whole thing even started. They just have not invested anything in the past 20 years in their defenses as they claim they were so more focused on uh, reconstruction and, um, you know, absorbing Eastern Germany at the time. Well, those days are over. They just haven't they haven't done it because they've lived under the blanket of U.S. nuclear assurances that would take place if anything could happen. Um, but it's exposed it and whether it, it fixes itself remains to be seen. I'm still a big fan of NATO. I think it has to happen. I think for what what's what took place, um, the fact that these Eastern European countries have come in and I hate to use this word, but stepped up and they've done things in Poland, Romania uh, and even Lithuania and the places that really want to ensure their own security. I think Finland and Sweden need to come in both at the same time. And frankly, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but once this war is over and maybe five or 10 years down the road, uh, Ukraine does become a member of NATO. I, th- I think the days of everybody not being, you know, Russia and NATO are over. I think that given what Russia did at this point, there's got to be some security assurance for, for Ukraine, what they've done for us, destroying the Russian military in place, and that's eventual accession into NATO. 
Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about a year into the Ukrainian war. You know, interesting, last week, Medvedev, uh, the former president, came out and, you know, you get all these these wackadoos out there who who think, uh, you know, Ukraine's nothing but Nazis and he's doing the right thing and he's fighting against the West depravity and he only wants to, to fix Ukraine, Putin. He would never do anything else. But then Medvedev comes out, who's very hawkish and has become a good friend again with uh, Putin, uh, says, yeah, well, if once we defeat Ukraine, we're going to have to figure out how we uh, 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 take some land from Poland and fix this. And you're thinking to yourself, they're already talking about another country. Is nobody paying attention? Yeah, but, but their strategic objectives are just nowhere in line with their, you know, means and ways to accomplish them. And, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me that yesterday. It's like, you know, this is going to end when Russia has failed in its strategic objectives. And it's like, no, they've already done that. They've already failed in their strategic objectives. Uh, it's going to end when army gets defeated on the battlefield, one, one way or the other. That's really what, that's how wars end. They don't end when, you know, guys in think tanks decide that they're going to end based on some kind of strategic mumbo jumbo. Um, so th- th- that's all talk. The, the Russia does not have the capability right now. They they should have, frankly, vanquished Ukraine in the first week of this, given the amount of troops and men and equipment they put at this in the very beginning. They didn't. Uh, and now they're in the situation they're in a year later trying to you know kind of figure out which, which way is up and how they're going to get out of this. There's no, again, go back to Sun Tzu, there's no golden bridge. You're supposed to allow your adversary this kind of way to back out gracefully, kind of that whole Middle Eastern thing. There's none, 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 none taking place here. Uh, and I still don't see yet the, the, the Zelensky and, and Ukraine sitting down on the other side and agreeing to give land to Russia, that's kind of the Middle East, trading land for peace. I don't see them giving some of that land that Russia still holds right now. Uh, so that's why I think the war is going to go on for a long time. Speaking of the Middle East, uh, Iran, uh, by all accounts, is close to being able to break out and get a nuclear uh, device within, what, up to two weeks, maybe 12 days, 18 days, depending mm-hmm. on what you're reading. Describe yeah. to everybody out there, mm-hmm. what's that look like if they were to have nuclear capability? How uncomfortable and how does it change the balance out there yeah so they're at 86 percent you rich in ukrainian and believe it or not our administration is not convinced they're going to go to 90 percent. they started this whole process five years ago at 15 percent. so what does that tell you it's just a matter of four more to get to that nuclear weapon they have both capability to uh, have a nuke and to deliver a nuke which is the other side to this equation so what does that look like and and in i think that honest countries want nuclear weapons as a keep as a way to keep them from being attacked right like look at pakistan or india and some of those countries because they could respond that way so it does act as a deterrence there the countries that have the nuclear weapons north korea north korea has never given up its nuclear weapons because it's going to keep uh, keep sides from attacking them Iran's different, though. Iran sees wants to see the destruction of Israel, and I think that they have the capability to go on the offense. They don't; they're not looking at history, and they don't care about, you know, the first nation to fire a nuclear weapon to begin a war on offense. They they would have the capacity and the inclination to do it. So, what does it look like? It looks like actually F-16s on an Israeli airbase somewhere in Tel Aviv. The second they know that they have that capability. Uh, they're off and that 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 starts. Israel's not going to let Iran threaten them at any level, especially from a strategic weapon, from a nuclear weapon. Uh, and uh, you know, so that, that'll start another conflict in the Middle East. I'm talking to Michael Lyons, our military analyst. Uh, we have got a clear, I think, now line in in the sand of us versus them. And we're asking the world, which side are you on? You now have China, Russia 
and Iran, all as, you know, the access of true evil in many in many cases. And China is getting ready. They've got one of their, you know, Russia's got one of their foreign uh, emissaries over there today. It's just you sit back and you look and see what's happening. China is going to get in this thing at some point in time. And we don't have the fortitude as consumers and politically to really stand up and, and say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. Well, we just haven't accepted China. The population hasn't accepted China as this enemy yet. Uh, I think the politicians talk a good game about it. I know the military thinks it's the pacing threat. The pacing threat is the threat that that all the budget numbers go towards. Our, we've got to fight a war. If we had to fight a war with somebody, it's against the Chinese. In the past, maybe it was more Russia. Maybe it was more on the planes. Uh, you know, sure, back in the cold day, Cold War days, that's what it was. But China is the pacing threat. But I, people don't see that. Even with a, a balloon coming over our country, we say, oh, look at that. It's a nice Chinese balloon. We just. But if the Chinese go ahead and do something like sink a U.S. aircraft carrier or, or attack U.S. forces on a base someplace in the Pacific, then I think that the pendulum will change and it'll change overnight, kind of like 9-11. It'll change overnight about how we feel about this. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll kind of go from there. But let's go back to China within Ukraine, right? Because I still think the Chinese have a lot of control over Russia. They're their client state at this point. And I do think deep down they want Russia kind of destroyed a little bit as well, but they don't want them totally weakened because they don't want revolution to take place because they don't want the Chinese to go to war uh, with Russia. They don't want that to happen uh, as well. But um, so they have somewhat of a control, but I don't, I still don't think they're, they're going to delay. Like we're delaying giving Ukraine F-16s. They're going to delay lethal aid for as long as possible until they think uh, Russia is either going to stop or they're going to absolutely have to need it and to avoid some create some kind of embarrassment. What kind of lethal aid? I mean, we've talked a bit about drones. What else could they provide them? Because I think that's a lot of what people are asking, because we know we've got a lot of stuff out there that 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 is being used. We also have some stuff out there, I'm sure, that's being used that we're not telling anybody and they're probably not even using. We're just testing out. Mm -hmm. What could they send over? Because the one thing we know is our stuff seems to work. We were just talking about Europe. Europe stuff doesn't seem to work. There was an article the other day talking about. How much of like Spain stuff doesn't work? Like is, if there was a war, it's like 50 percent of it obsolete. Uh, what about China? What could they provide? Uh, smart stuff. The smart stuff they would provide would be those drones uh, in, that would collect intel, tactical drones to, that could loiter and surface over the battlefield. That's where they need help. At. And, but the dumb stuff is artillery rounds. I mean, artillery rounds are dumb. They, they just they're poured TNT inside steel casings with a fuse on them. But they can pump them out, you know, 100,000 a month, right? Right now, um, we can barely do five to 10,000 a month ourselves here in the United States. Uh, we're increasing our capacity to, I believe, 40,000, but that's not going to be for two years. We're opening up another supply chain in, in Texas, but whether or not that makes it on time remains to be seen. The Chinese could supply the Russians 100,000 rounds of ammo in a month. They could just basically repurpose them, all their factories to do that. Um, and then start shipping artillery rounds. And if you thought the artillery war was bad before, it would just rain thunder and lightning down and destroy everything. So that, so think of it in two, again, two lanes, smart stuff on the drones and the intel and the like, and the dumb stuff in the artillery rounds, which would absolutely continue to just wreck the place, wreck Ukraine. They, they would rather have the artillery, right, at this point in time? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's in their DNA. It's what they do. They, they want to outgun them 10 to 1. Uh, they're just not going to stop that literally melt their tubes down and, and bring other artillery uh, back to the, you know, back to the forefront. And the difference is Russian artillery is one, five, two artillery. So it's not like if it's 
that's found on the battlefield, the other side can use it. You know, we can't use their ammo. They can't use our ammo. It's got to come from a totally different supply chain. So so the Russians are trying to crank up manufacturing it as well. But if the Chinese decided to help them, they could tip the balance of favor just on that alone. And that would that would be significant capacity on the Russian side. If they did that, do we have to up the ante even more? Do we have to start looking at giving them jets? Because I know we always say we're not going to give them something. And then 20 minutes later, we're like, but you guys should probably train for it just in case. Would we have to get into it a little bit more and start handing them some stuff that's a little bit more sophisticated and 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 lethal? Well, that would be a TACMS, not the jets yet. I still, Again, the jets are a year out no matter what, you, t- you know, based on – so many different things and how we, I, I read a good article that said that it, if the uh, pilots have to relearn fighting techniques because they they fight under you know Russian doctrine and we just use those F-16s a lot different. F-16s are really not close air support there. They would be designed to go into Russia to take out drone platforms that are attacking them from Russia. And again, in the war of attrition, attacking the other side's capability to wage wars is how you win and how that ends up winning. So I don't know. I think attack them. So I think that the long range weapon systems that, that, that allowed them to fire inside of Russia does up the ante enough. Uh, but then that, then you've crossed a, a real line about how U.S. made weapon systems are attacking Russia and, and who knows what Russia does with that then. Got about 30 seconds here. Mike Lyons, our military analyst, joins the program. Uh, are we still talking about this a year from now? Oh, oh I think so. I, I don't see Ukraine giving up either. Um, but uh, unless both sides decide, uh, or you, there's other forces acting on both sides to get them to the negotiation table. It's going to be an armistice, North Korea, South Korea, DMZ. It's going to be, again, back to the future. It's going to go back to 1950. That's what, the, that's what Ukraine's going to look like. My clients, military analyst, retired major in the Army, and a guy that we go to when it comes to all things military. Appreciate you coming on today, my man. Stay uh, stay warm out there. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Sure, will do. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. You miss any of that, grab it. His insight is amazing. And and I like the fact, I think, it's that he feels that China is playing a great game but is not quite ready to give them the stuff that they're looking for, I think, which would give a lot of people a respite. And, and maybe China's game is make sure they're as weak as possible, uh, Russia, but not so weak as to no longer exist. And that's very interesting. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Speaking of inflation and recession, I want you to check out my buddies over at SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. Right now, Walking Liberty half dollars, just $12.50 each. They're incredible. I think you're going to love these. It's a great way to protect your assets in a time of inflation, uh, inflationary pressure. And with the war going on, with several other things growing in tech and and many other things for solar and electric cars silver is a great place to put your money and right now the my my and i i talk, we're gonna talk to my buddy later uh dean heskin who is from swiss america talk about why the pressures are there in the in the economy i'm telling you it's just a good place to have the tangible assets in front of you and that's what these are walking liberty half dollars silver incredible twelve dollars and fifty cents each limit 250 per customer tell them i sent you over at swiss america they're gonna take extra good care of you now to get yours call or text right now 800-289-2646 800-289-2646 or visit swissamerica.com slash chad swissamerica.com slash chad chad benson show Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. 
Uh, just a brief semantic point. The gentlelady was making a grammatical error that I heard some of her colleagues make before. I believe she referred to a Democrat solution. I heard another member talk about a Democrat member and a Democrat plan. I just wanted to educate our distinguished colleagues. Democrat is the noun. When you use it as an adjective, you say the Democratic member or the Democratic solution or the Democratic plan. After people are corrected several times, and they continue to say it, it seems like it's an act of incivility. As if every time we mentioned the other party, it just came out with kind of political speech impediment, like, oh, the Banana Republican Party. As if we were to say that every time we mentioned the Banana Republican member, or the Banana Republican plan, or the Banana Republican conference. Ah, Jamie Raskin uh, uh, right there just wants everybody to know. It's Again, it's about... It's about the way that you can control and use language, right? That's 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 this insanity. And when and when you can control it, it's the democratic plan. You know, it's it's a plan for the dem. Oh no, no, you've got to use it in this way, and that's language. And if you can control it, you can change a lot of things. There are new words in the dictionary, and they've added new interpretations. How about this one? Sexual minority. Noun, a member of a member or members of the LGBTQ plus community used especially in context of discrimination against or advocacy for a minor, uh, uh, a minority sexual orientation, gender identity group. What? Multisectional. Mixed gender. Relating to two or more people of different genders. What are you talking at? Multisexual? Uh, abrosexual? Nothing uh, is more ridiculous than this. Controlling language. Abrosexual. Noting or relating to a person whose sexual orientation is fluid or fluctuates over time. My God. This is insane. Can we all agree? Control the language. Control the language. That's what you've got. And if you could play the game. And now they're getting stuff put into dictionary.com. So this has all been put into dictionary.com. Anti-fat. Opposed, hostile, or adverse to fatness and fat people. Oh, heritage language, a language used at home. It's spoken natively by adults in a family, but often not fully uh, acquired by subsequent generations. Oh, God. <sighs> Got to have a description for everything. And you better use it right or you will pay the price. You will pay the price. 323-538-2423. You miss any show, grab the podcast. Uh, great having Mike Lyons on talking about what's going on in Ukraine, how long this is going to last. A lot of other good stuff in there as well. Check it out. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.